this um, sermon um, and this series, go to uh, the Gospel of John chapter 14 and look at Jesus' final message to his followers before he ascended. Because what John does in this letter is he really just recalls what Jesus is saying and reminds his followers of this important information. Okay, so let's think about um, today. Let's think about this title. So the title is Journeying with an Eternal Perspective. And then I thought that's a bit wordy, isn't it? So really, let's just keep it. Keep your eyes up. Okay, I hope you can remember that. Keep your eyes up. So let's just take a a moment to pray and commit this time to God um, as we seek to learn more about following him this morning. Or this afternoon, actually, now. Father God, I can be so quick to jump into action, to know the right answers from your word. And sometimes I forget just to be still and just to wait on you. And so as we read your word this morning, we just pray that the words would wash over us, just like waves in the sea, that you would give us this posture. Now we we choose to have a posture of receiving, of accepting, We choose to enjoy, I really felt like that word came up a few times just as I prepared for this, that we would enjoy listening to your word this morning, that it would be a helpful time. And ultimately, God, we want your will to be done here in Lisburn, in the local area, now in March 2022 and onwards. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's get started. Um, And you can follow along on the screen if you like, or you can go to it on your Bibles slash devices. Um, it's First John 2, 15 to 17. And there are only three verses, actually. So what I thought was we'd just take our time um, and actually we'll look at two wee different translations. So the first one's NIV. Can I encourage you to close your eyes? You don't have to if you don't want to, but I'll, I'll, you'll, you can look at it in a second anyway. Close your eyes. Uh, we'll listen to it. And then you can open your eyes and look at the next one if you wish. Okay, so the first one, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And if you wish to look at the screen now, um, this is from the New Living Translation. Do not love the world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and a pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Amen. So let's think back to those previous few weeks again um, where we learned that God is light. We're to walk in the light, isn't that right? Um, We're to love God and we're to love one another. So knowing who we are meant to love, what happens next? John says, do not love the world. Okay. So this If you look at those three verses, you might think, oh gosh, this is very negative. It's kind of like, do not do this, do not do this, do not do this. And I will hang out for a wee bit in those do nots, but we're not going to end there, okay? So there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, So that same word, word love, which is used for God and love for others, 
is now in that sort of negative sense, isn't it? So what does love mean? Love means, and uh, we were in the car, I went to the mornings yesterday with my folks and, and Hannah and Rafa, and I, I just sort of did a little audience participation. I said, what, how would you describe the word love? How would you use it in a different, wor- in a different way? And, and the sorts of things that we came up with was to value, to give our all, to be infatuated with, for it to be our priority, what we give our attention to. Um, so basically, when it comes to the world, John says, don't do these things. So I don't know about you, but when I read this the first time, it sort of did a second take, and I was like, hold on a second, right, so we're not meant to love the world, and we're not meant to love anything in the world, so what, what can we love? Does this make sense? Does this make sense with the rest of Scripture? And actually, how does that link in with John 3.16, for God so loved the world? How does it link with, in with um, God saying in Genesis that everything he made was very good, even though we are after the fall? How does that make sense? So I don't know about you, but that confused me. And also, another thing before I talk about that, what about that term world? Can we all just agree that it's a bit awkward? Can we all agree that whenever the word world comes up, you sort of, I don't know about you, but I have this kind of connotation of finger wagging. Do you not? Yeah? The world. It sort of seems a bit sort of archaic. Um, So I think it's safe to say that we struggle to know how to cope with these terms. Okay? So... Let's think about this term world then. So what, what does he mean there? See how many times world comes up in these, in these verses? He doesn't, um, John doesn't really mean all of the world in terms of the creation of the world, in terms of humans. He really means here the system that is against God, okay? The devil's system which is against God, okay? So think of evil, think of the system that is opposed to God and all his ways. That's how we need to read the word world in, in, in these verses. Um, if you want to think about this world, what is this world? Well, I think a good way of thinking of it is, do you know when Satan uh, tempts Jesus? The world that he offers him um, in Luke 4, that's this world that we're looking at here. Okay, so he says, I'll give you all authority and splendor Um and I can give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, Jesus, this word world will be yours, okay? Another way of thinking about this world and a good definition, which comes up just in this same letter in chapter 5, verse 19, is the whole world lies in the power of the evil one, okay? So it's this human society and culture in opposition to God. Okay, so... John then talks about the world, but then he goes on to say, doesn't he? He says anything in the world, okay? So he goes into some detail here, and he lusts two main things, okay? He, he, sorry, he lusts, he lists two main things, lust and pride, all right? So it's likely that in the churches that he was writing to, and those churches were probably around Ephesus, that's what they think anyway, um, that was an issue in those churches at the time, okay? So Let's unpack those, those things, and I've split them into three, um, because they really come into three um, in, in, this, in these verses. Okay, so the first one, what does this mean? Lust of flesh. Okay, so lust of flesh sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? Um, so you need to think about the biblical meaning of the word flesh. So really, it's the idea of physical desires or cravings. Okay, so this is wanting the things of the old or sinful nature. So 
the joys of being in Christ, obviously, if you follow Jesus, is that um, we have victory, don't we, over sin in Jesus. But isn't it oh so easy to fall back into old habits? Are we letting those evil desires fester and stay within us? Are we entertaining thoughts and desires, ones that maybe should be, ones that definitely should be ignored and pushed away immediately? Let's think a little bit about what we were before Jesus. And Ephesians 2, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it talks about the fact that we also lived among them. Okay, he's talking about the ways of this world, again, just like the world here. Um, and he says, you were gratifying the cravings of flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, you were by nature deserving of wrath. All right, so that is the sort of, those sorts of um, cravings and desires. Um, I'm not going to go into a big list of, of what these things are. I think that you know because the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit has already been convicting you of those things if you're asking him to. But think about these lyrics from this song. Does any, has anyone heard of DC Talk? Kind of a bit of a blast from the past. I still love them when it comes on on my shuffle. Uh, anyway, they, um, in this song, In the Light, which is obviously relating to First John, they say, they say this. This disease of self runs through my blood. It's a cancer fatal to my soul. Every attempt on my behalf has failed to bring this sickness under control. Tell me what's going on inside of me. I despise my own behavior. Um, this only serves to confirm my suspicions that I'm still a man in need of a savior. And then it goes on to, I want to be in the light. I really want to sing it. It's too embarrassing. I want to be in the light. I want to be in the light as you are in the, you're nodding at the back corner. You know, that you were singing that, weren't you? Or not? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the, um, the, the, I think that's a really nice, you know, it's, a can it's like this cancer, it's this thing in my blood. Now, obviously, it goes without saying that we have victory, and, and Gary was talking about the victory that we have in Jesus, but it's so easy, isn't it, to fall back into those old ways. It's so easy to fall back um, and not live in freedom. Okay, so the second thing is lust of the eyes, and that's, again, the physical desires, isn't it? But he specifically mentions it because I think it's so, so important to actually realize, right, what are we letting into our bodies? Yeah. And I think a good way of thinking about lust of the eyes is this phrase, um, eye gate. Okay. So what is the, the gate, if you imagine, that we open that lets thoughts, that lets desires into ourselves? Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But... If your eyes bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So question for myself as I prepared for this, what am I looking at? Okay. What are we not looking at that we should be looking at as well? Not thinking in the negatives. What are we spending time focusing on in life? I wonder if we need to be gazing more at Jesus. I wonder if we need to be to be looking on Jesus and looking at God more. Okay, so those are the first two. Um, and you can see they're kind of interlinked, aren't they? And then the third one is a little bit different. The third one is, is about pride. Okay, and the NLT says it's, it's basically pride of what you have and what you do. Okay, so um, 
what do you think of when I say the word pride? You might think of someone who's just really proud of who they are, proud of their career. Maybe they're really career driven. Um, maybe they don't have time for God and, and they're just about themselves. Okay, But pride is one of those things that seeps in everywhere, doesn't it? And it, it certainly affects me. And actually, I'm really, um, this is quite embarrassing. But even like the fact that I was asked to do a talk at the front of church, I had to kind of say to God, you know, I've got this feeling, you know, I've said to somebody in work, I think, oh, I'm doing a wee talk in church. And I was a wee bit proud about that. Do you know? And actually, I had to say, God, you know, that's an awful attitude to come to, you know, with, with doing something in church. Um, but it could be about your job. It could be about your looks. It could be about your intelligence. It could be about your golf swing. I absolutely hate golf. But anyway, I'm trying to make this accessible for all. Um, uh, anyway, um, so pride in any sense, it can be so dangerous for us who are trying to walk in the light. Because pride, what is it? It's anti-God, isn't it? Pride is anti-God and it's saying, right, I'm going to sit on the throne of my life and God isn't going to sit on the throne of my life, okay? So I think it's, that's why it's here because it is so clearly of the world and it's so clearly not of God's ways. And actually, it might actually be the sort of thing that I alluded to. It might be something that you're proud of about good things. It might be that you're really proud of the fact that whatever you earn that, year, that month, you give your 10% to God. You're really proud of the fact that you give this or you do that in church. And actually, that's great. It's amazing. But why are you doing it? Are you doing it so you feel good about yourself? Or are you doing it for God? <laughs> and I think that's the, that's the crux of the matter. So um, I'm not gonna get into lots of nitty gritty details today. But ultimately, if you take anything away, it's about the heart, isn't it? Um, I, the um, church I used to go to, the pastor said nearly every single week, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. And I think that's so important when we come to something like this in scripture where we need to think about our actions. What are our motivations? What motivates us to do things? Um, so all these things, all these three things spawn from this system and this opposition to God. Um, and you've probably thought of this, that key verse, um, but Jesus reminds us that we as his followers, what are we? We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And maybe you've already thought of those verses um, as, as I was speaking. Um, so we've been thinking about what we've been warned not to do. Um, and I'm not getting into loads of detail today about specific examples. And I've already said why for one reason, the second reason is, um, as we walk in the light, um, we will fail time and time again. And I really think, um, Greg, you did a great job last week in really just unpacking, right, we need a savior. We are living in grace in this thing, folks, because if we start going down the line of tick, tick, I did this, I didn't do this, da, 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 it gets very dangerous very quickly. Satan is an accuser. And he will take these opportunities to try and make you just see a brick wall between you and God. He will. Okay, so hear me very carefully when I say, instead of seeing that brick wall, see Jesus and see grace. That is so important. And we need to remind ourselves of that every day. Because isn't it funny how quickly you forget? Isn't it? Isn't it strange how quickly you can forget such a simple truth? I wonder why that is. Um, God will always love us and want the best for us. 
So let our actions always be as a result of God's grace and love, not the other way around. Okay, I know you've heard that a lot, but it's really important to say, I think especially when I'm, when I'm talking about this sort of thing. Yes, Rafa, I'm still here. Okay, so the next phrase is very different. The next phrase is, uh, the bottom line is, you can't serve two masters, okay? It says, if anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. Okay, so if we choose to walk in the ways against God, if we're following the way of the world, if we're choosing to, um, at best, not make space for the Father's love, or at worst, we're re rejecting the Father's love completely, we can refuse it, okay? So there's a stark reminder there of the love for the Father, okay? And James backs this up in verse um, chapter 4, verse 4. He says, if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. Okay, so there's a real stark reminder here for, for us in these verses. And Jesus also said that being not of the world, we would be hated by the world, actually. You know, we should be having some form of, hold on a second, why are you doing that? I don't agree with that. Okay, now that doesn't mean we have to do everything like different to everyone else. But there are some things where there will be hatred from the world. Okay, and that's hard. And then... Obviously, um, after these verses, then it goes in to talk about the, the Antichrist and anti-Messiahs. And it speaks of people who are deceiving the church um, and things. Okay, So, um, whenever we're thinking about, right, how do I walk in the light? Okay, Wh What about this certain thing that I'm not sure I should do or not? Um, would it be glorifying to God? You know, what are the decisions that I need to go through so that I know that I'm not loving the world? I think a really helpful chapter of the Bible that will help you with this, and I'm not going to spend time looking at it now, is Romans 14. Because there Paul really clearly explains about our actions. And he talks about the fact that we need to come to the right decision for ourselves in some matters. And he says that the importance is a clear conscience a non-judgmental attitude, and doing what we do for the right reasons, doing it for the Lord, okay? So a lot of it comes down to you thinking about these things yourselves, okay? So just some questions, as we kind of draw into the more positive side of things, how are we going to live then in the light? Let's just take a moment, maybe if you want to close your eyes, and again, it's quite warm and stuffy in here, I hope you're still awake, and um, that was the school teacher me coming at you, um, right? So think about these questions. What about the culture that I swim in? Okay, what sort of culture are we in? What about the attitudes of my friends, my work colleagues, my family, my spouse even? What are my influences? How do others' opinions and opinions of me affect my actions, my thoughts, my words? How do I spend my time? And finally, this might sound strange if you weren't here a few weeks ago, but which dog do you feed the most? Because this all, this is all, you're all hearing the same sorts of themes coming out again and again. And I think, Greg, was it you said about the dogs? That was quite a few weeks ago now, but he was talking about there were two dogs, the white dog and the black dog, I think it was. And basically, the guy was saying, look, it's all about which one you feed the most, OK? 
Okay, so if we want to walk in the light, we need to be feeding the different things um, that mean um, that we can we can be following God's ways, and we need to be feeding them by obviously not having the, the negative influences and not spending time in what is negative, spending time in the positive and the things of Jesus. Okay, so um, as we get to this kind of last phrase in the passage, John reminds us of something really important. Um, so he said, there's a world system against God. Satan does hold a lot of power in this world. But what does he say? He says, the world and its desires pass away. But, and this is a really important but, at the end of a couple of verses of like, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> it's good that I had this final verse in there. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Okay. So when you look at the grand scheme, John says, well, what, what lasts? What is eternal? Okay, the things of this world are passing away. So these things in this world are gone like that. Okay, Some of them are actually good things that God's blessed us with. But there's a lot of things in this world system that the devil is ruling over that actually are incredibly negative. We might get sucked into them, but actually they're gone like this. And we need to have that eternal long perspective, don't we? We don't need to be sitting thinking about the, the sort of seconds and minutes. We need to be thinking eternally. So let's think about that. Um, I, I felt like I kept harking back to like my teenage like Christian youth. Has anyone heard of Switchfoot? <laughs> so their best album by all means is The Beautiful Letdown. I think it's fair to say. No, no one else is that keen on Switchfoot. Okay. Um, anyway, there's a really good song in The Beautiful Letdown called Gone. So um, sit back and relax and uh, you can listen to this. If you're at home, you can't listen to it. You can just see the lyrics. We apologize for that. Just go through to halfway through. Um, skip on a wee bit. Sorry, it's quite a long song. I'm not going to put you through the whole thing. <laughs> you can listen to it at home if you want. It's called Gone by Switchfoot. Ah, yeah, just from there. Thanks so much, Stuart.
They don't sing it that quickly usually. Um, but you get the picture. Um, what they're saying is the things of this life go like that, don't they? Um, and um, that song is based on the verses. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? So let's have that eternal perspective um, as we think about following Jesus and walking in the light. So thinking back to those three main areas I talked about. So I talked about the desires, what we chose to look at. We think about pride. Um, God has already won that battle for us, hasn't he? Um, and so he has enabled us to walk in the light despite all these, um, all these things in the world. And we must have a heavenly perspective. Um, so we're supposed to do stuff as opposed to just not doing stuff. Isn't that right? So what sort of things can we do? Now, this is clearly not an exhaustive list. And I think the first one, you could probably preach years of sermons just on that. What does it mean to do God's will? <laughs> I don't think I'm sort of uh, done this for long enough to even begin talking about this. So instead of sort of talking about doing the will of God, I just thought I'd tell you a story that we all know really well, okay? And I think it, it works really well with this. What does it mean to do God's will? Well, what did Jesus do before he was crucified? He sat down and had a meal, didn't he, with his followers? And what does he do that just seems so not of this world? He knelt down and he washed his disciples' feet. And I thought that worked really well with the idea of the world because actually we are supposed to do things that are against the grain, aren't we? We're supposed to be different in this upside down kingdom that God's called us into. But we're not supposed to disconnect from the world, are we? We're not supposed to hide away in a cupboard and sort of shelter till Jesus comes again. Jesus said, you're in the world. So Jesus, I think that's a beautiful example. It says, Jesus knew the hour had come, having loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. He got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing. He wrapped a towel around his waist. And what did he do? He poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. And he said, follow my example. That's paraphrase. That's paraphrase. Okay. He said, follow my example. So what does it mean to live this life, living as children of light? It means to do God's will. It means going against the grain. You know, washing the rabbi washing the followers' feet was ridiculously countercultural, wasn't it? What are things that we can do that are ridiculously countercultural? You know, I have friends my age who are making decisions, okay, as Christians. You know, they're thinking about perhaps moving to another country. Do you know, who does that? But you've got a great career here. Why would you do that? Well, because we think that that's what God wants us to do. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Sacrificing for Jesus' kingdom. Um, what does it mean to wash people's feet? It means to serve them unconditionally, doesn't it? And that's not something the world does. The world wants you to do something because you'll get something back. What does that mean in your life to do something without getting anything back? Um, so there will be opposition. Um, don't disconnect from the world. Be connected to the world. But remember, you're not of the world. Yeah, but you are in the world. Um, what I said before, I think about just having that eternal perspective okay and of course as followers of Jesus we're not meant to just be 
like doing our best for us, are we? We're supposed to be bringing light and hope into situations. And I think that's so important as those who represent another world, don't we represent another world here? We are ambassadors in this world, okay? So I just think, you know, the examples of, you know, the, um, the hope for youth ministries that we were talking about earlier, we're bringing hope into hopeless situations and we're saying Jesus loves you and here it is practically as well. Um, so um, just as we finish, let's just think about that thought of having that eternal perspective. The things of this world are passing away, aren't they? Those who love the world um, will live forever. Um, let's think about um, what we get caught up in. What do we spend our time doing? And actually, where, is our, where do we spend our time in terms of our thought space, if you know what I mean? Like, where do our thoughts go during the day? What, how do we spend our time? Do we spend our time thinking about the football scores? Do we spend our time just daydreaming about rubbish? Do we spend time thinking on God and his ways? Do we have an eternal perspective about God? Um, in terms of where do we go from here, with God's will and following him in this world as children of light. I just couldn't, I just couldn't not put in uh, Romans 12 because I think that just sums up perfectly sort of where I want to sort of end today. Um, and it's really all about not conforming to the pattern of this world. It's not conforming to the pattern of this world. But what is it? It's about being transformed. We are being transformed as God's followers, aren't we? Um, we are being transformed by the what? Renewal of our mind. Okay, so we're on a journey here and it's a journey that is, that is eternal. And then we'll be able to test and approve that God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. Okay, um, I know somebody once said, um, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I think that's important to, to meditate on as you, as you go into the week thinking about these things, thinking about how this applies to you and the struggles that you have in your life. So just as we finish here, um, there's a few more things I'd like to, to sort of share with you as we finish. What is the purpose of our lives? I'm asking lots of rhetorical questions here. What are we going after? What are our pleasures? Okay, so just maybe change that to me and just think that for yourself. What is the purpose of my life? What am I going after? What are my pleasures? What kinds of places, and I'm putting in here virtual and real. What kinds of places, virtual and real, am I going to? Could we invite God to look on with approval on all that we do and seek for? Now, as we think about being children of the light, and I said, do you remember I said about we're not, uh, the, the idea of the eye gate, we're not supposed to obviously look on the things of the world, but we should maybe be looking more at Jesus. We need to be looking more in God's word, don't we? Um, I know it sounds obvious, but it's obvious for a reason because it's the right thing to do. Um, we need to be in his word. And we need to be in a step with, with his spirit as we seek to live a life in the light. So just as we kind of come to a conclusion here, 
and I think there's maybe one more slide actually. I've just included at the end there as well, being God's word, being step with the spirit. Just as we finish here, can I just finish on a note of the gospel? Because everything I've said up to now could be taken as, you need to be better. Sort it out. When you go home tonight, confess your sins to the Lord. And if he, li- if he likes you today, he'll forgive you. No, you need to be preaching that gospel of grace to yourself so that you can live the light, live in the light and not live trapped in some sort of, if I work harder, God will love me. No, we need to live in God's grace all the time. Um, and as well as that, let's preach the gospel, not just to ourselves, but to others that we see in our day-to-day life. I challenge myself all the time, and I think, when was the last time I actually shared the gospel with someone? <laughs> when was the last time I actually just got out of my own skin and said, look, this is the gospel. I'm being honest here when I say I can't remember the last time. And that's embarrassing. You know, how do we share this other world with people if we don't tell them what it is? Yes, we, our actions are important, but we need to tell people as well. So let's, um, let's just close our eyes and as we pray to finish, let's just commit this time to God in prayer. Father God, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Father God, we need you. We turn to you, Jesus. And in you, Jesus, we find all that we need. We find the example of how to live in this world. Oh, it's so hard, Father. Help us. We find in you, Jesus, all of the grace that we need. We find the grace for our walk. We find the example of how to follow you. And so in Jesus' name, we commit our lives to you. We pray for anyone here who doesn't know of your great grace who hasn't experienced that personally. Father God, we say, Father God, that today, that this would be the day where they turn to you and they say, God, I want to live in the light. You gave your life so that I could be free, so that I could live in the light for you. Let this be the day where I come and I confess and I turn to you and glorify your name. Father, just as we come to glorify you once again at the end here and we think about everything you did for us at the cross, we commit everything we've thought about today And we praise your beautiful, holy name, God of love and grace. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Didn't he do well? Yeah. Well done. And we really appreciate your honesty and your humility too. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't the gospel wonderful? It it was a good note to finish on. Because sometimes when we hear of the, you know, our own actions and our own thoughts, we all fall short, don't we? But just to come back to that place, grace and the gospel and Jesus, I go away feeling, yes, it's about him. And I just want us to finish on that note, just as the musicians come to lead us in a closing song, just that sentiment where... Johnny brought us to of the gospel of grace.
Uh, can we take can we take communion together?